I want to hear about the trailer setup. Oh, that's what I was about to bring up. Because it's uh, it's pretty awesome. So, Jacob, Matt, will you guys tell us about the your 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 whole setup? Um, so I guess I'll let Matt kind of lead off with the exact setup of what he's got, and then we'll kind of get into the the fun the fun part that we did there. Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, a couple months ago, I went through the process of trying to find a two-car gooseneck that would fit me and Caitlyn's CRX, or my Civic and Caitlyn's CRX. Um, found the perfect trailer, sat on Marketplace for two months, so I knew it had to be. Um, went and picked that up, and it's pretty. It's a 40-foot uh, Hallmark. It's a 2005 Hallmark Edge. Um, nope, it's all... Steel enclosed, all finished, aluminum sides, everything. Um, pretty, pretty nice. I enjoy it. It's a pretty bougie trailer. It's got hookups for AC if you wanted to add it. It's got like 110 outlets and a couple of spots throughout the inside of the trailer. Lights, it's like more of a toy hauler than a. Um, so it's not like finished for living quarters per se, but we uh, (laughs) we did. So my dad works for International Paper, and he gives, or he can get like the big cardboard that you, they use for watermelon boxes. And, like, triple the ply. really thick, like, triple ply. Yeah. You see in the middle yeah. of a store. Yeah, I don't think I'm paying attention to what's on the outside. Real, real thick cardboard. Yeah, cardboard or, that's or like nice. Corrugated nice. board, as he's always corrected me. But anyways, so it's like probably five eighths, three quarter thick. No shit. Um, so we got two sheets of that and four by eight sheets, and. We cut those to fit the back of the trailer, and we shoved a 30k BTU AC unit in the back, and just left it sitting on the ramp. And we got the trailer down to like 60 something degrees. We had the AC set to like 60, and it shut off multiple times during the night. Okay. So I was right there by the AC at the back wall, and I was in that very weird. I'm freezing cold because I only brought, brought one blanket, but I'm also very sweaty because it's humid. Yeah, Because yeah, it didn't yeah. seal up that right. great. But to be able to sleep in a trailer that was that cold at night, we'll definitely be refining that setup. Yeah. Uh, so this was at Dominion? You slept in the trailer? Yeah, so we slept in... <laughs> really? I didn't realize this was... Was this a two-day event, or you just got um, there? So we got there Friday night. Okay. The right. event was Saturday. So me, Matt, John, and Steve all slept in the gooseneck overnight. And Steve had the right idea with the mummy bag, because it, yeah, it, was, yeah, yeah. it was cold. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a... I think John John also had a sleeping bag or a couple of sleeping bags, and I think that was also the play. <laughs> Sounds like a real first world problem. I mean, does it not? Is there not like a temperature control that you could? There change? probably yeah, was, right. <laughs> but Matt told me before he was like, if anybody turns the AC up, like temperature wise, I'm gonna fight. I was okay. like, I don't yeah. want to. No, fight. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> so on the up, op- it was a real hot day. Yeah. Oh, it was very warm the next day, and the AC kept up somewhat it was cooler than outside much cooler than outside much less humid than that's outside the best part yes yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. dry off okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm a big boy i get that i get the moist uh, <laughs> damn, damn. <laughs> 
uh, all right. So you you took just the Civic. How many cars did you have? How many cars did you take to the track in it? Was um, this like the test run of the trailer? No, we've used the trailer a couple times before. Okay. Um, I took my Civic and Jacob's Miata. Okay. Up there. Nice. That's awesome. That's the dream. I think. I mean, it's just super nice to be able to, you know, be able to take multiple things, save yeah. other people money, taking trips up there, and just not having to use four different trucks and four different trailers right yeah. or or drive your track car yeah it um, also saves money on a hotel room that's what yeah yeah that's basically, basically yeah, that was, a hotel room for four of us definitely overnight. working up to the fact that like you don't have to worry about a tent you don't have to worry about like yeah like a hotel room or anything yeah that's sick yeah and then again being able to just come off track and like take a few minutes in the trailer with the ac going like I, at least for me, I come off track, even in the ND, I like, I crank the AC on the cool down lap, but I have the top down. So on a hot day, it's, it's cooking and being able to jump out of the car and just take a few minutes in the trailer and, you know, take, take my pants off and put shorts on and which for some reason, literally every time I went to take my pants off and switch to shorts, somebody came in the trailer. I, like, the majority of the time it was me. I, it's often, Without John, question. but like it, it's it's like um, what is it like? It's like one of those things where you know if you if you smoke, you light a cigarette, and then like your ride shows up, like you're waiting for twenty minutes and you don't. Whatever it is, I was like that. I would wait until nobody was there. I'd warn everybody who was in the trailer, "Hey, yeah. I'm about to put you know take my pants off, put some shorts on," and uh, and then somebody would just open the door and walk right in every time. There was one work. time I was walking in and he already had his pants on. I was very upset. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I think the best, the best thing, the the greatest thing about the last Hyperfest that I attended was that after my laps on Patriot course, I could drive back to the tent and like just take my pants off and get in the tent. Yep. Like, I mean, taking your pants off after that hot track shit is, yeah. that's the best yeah, thing. Yeah, it matters. Yeah. Can I introduce you to my Lord and Savior, the cool, cool shirt? Cool shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. For professional racers only. I mean, I mean, well, well no, not, not necessarily. necessarily. No, but. But actually, like, and uh, Tom, I feel like I have a few more steps to make before I get to cool shirts. Tom has two thirds of the setup already. Actually, for his motorcycle came with his, stuff. No, came with his car. He doesn't have the shirt. He you got the tank and the, the lines cooler and, and the lines nice. came with that's the car. Dope. The dude, that's awesome. And when we say threw them in, he literally threw them into the back of the car when when it was sold to him. But I've hey. I've often considered using the like therapeutic ice chest that I have from my knee accident with like a motor in it and like yeah. adapting that to you something. You absolutely could. I'm d I just wanted to say the cool shirt is by far the greatest modification I've ever done to any car. Not the in power steering? No. The oh. cool shirt is the best thing I've ever All done. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that therapeutic knee thing is exactly the same thing. Like it, it's No, it's, surely. No, no it's, it's exactly the same No, it's battery powered. It's like it's got a whole. The thing weighs like what, we, fifty or sixty pounds. We have absolutely talked about this before. We but have. It we is, have. Yes. Yeah. It is. Ap it is definitely the same thing. I I bet it even has the same fittings as the Cool Shirt brand. Shirts. Really, the dry yeah. break, quick connect fittings. Yeah. yeah. With the like, they look like um, the like if you like a uh, caterpillar forklift or like you know bulldozer hydraulic lines. If you disconnect them, they have that like shut off. Yeah, it's dry, dry brake fittings. What's yeah. happening over here? 
Oh no! What is that? Oh, Brian got hit. No! Oh no! Not in the Corolla. No! Okay. I didn't want to say anything because oh, he texted no. me. Oh no! Oh no! I didn't know if we wanted to put that in the chat. live updates. Yeah, me. It's not like ruined, but for the age of that car, it might. Be it's broken. definitely got to be. Oh, can I see? God. Right in the left front. Oh, that the coilover is broken. The hub's probably bent. Oh no! Jesus Christ! Christ. What is that? A Sienna? Yeah. It was their fault. He did say. God bless. Yeah, but unless there's like declared value insurance, they're going to give him fifty bucks and say, "Have a good day." If they give him anything at all, they'll probably make him pay them to take uh, it away. That is. So, so terrible. That's true. That's that's right. Because he just bought te thirty sevens, like really special ones that were like a very specific offset for him. And basically, probably like most of those are like seventeens and nineteens, and it's a very clean car. Was it is a very clean car. I mean, I I don't know. Do you think he's gonna total it out? That car is totaled. Is There's it? no way it's uh, not. That fucking sucks. My, I bought it back and fixed it, though. No, yeah, he will, he will absolutely that, yeah, buy that's this, what I was buy this like, back. He won't but, get rid of it. Right. But. The Alltrack was totaled before they even looked at it. Like, they they wanted to tow it to the scrapyard, and I was like, no, please take it, you know. So, it's old Toyotas do not have great, like, to anybody value. that doesn't know. Well, yeah. yeah. So I actually had to sue the insurance company to really? get the value of the Alltrack because they were going to try to give me a check for the value of a Celica, like yeah. a standard Celica. As- essentially, the lesson here is if you have a very rare old Japanese car, rare old car rare that old insurance car. companies and most people don't really give a crap about, but is actually really worth something, uh, do a declared value policy no, no, on get your insurance. Because they actually give a shit. That's what I'm saying. Use they, not necessarily they, just Haggerty, but use any any insurance company that will do a declared value policy, do that. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The problem with this is when somebody else hits you and it's their insurance. No, no. Haggerty's, Haggerty's right? is real good about coming up for, mm. to bat for you. No, they, they pay the premium of your insurance if they can't meet it my wife would probably know this and it's a shame that i don't but i just go to her for insurance i've never seen anyone work as hard for a customer as i saw haggerty's work for my dad when he rear-ended a school bus wow yeah that's the problem right exactly what haggerty's no it is not it is barely more expensive than i pay for my fit I don't think it's real bad because I have we had it on the beat and the MR2, and it it's really not too bad. Eighty eight, I think six thirty five CSI. His car is way more valuable than my fit, and it is not that expensive to insure. We're getting into Wait, I mean, an eighty eight six thirty five. You said yes. It's is it red? No, it's black. Oh, somebody went by me in an eighty six series today, mm-hmm. a convertible. And I was just what? like, they, they didn't make a convertible. I swear it was a vert. Not for the six like series. Six, it might have been a three series. No, it was a six. Maybe not, it wasn't a convertible. convertible. Anyway, this guy rolled by and I gave him a big old thumbs up because that thing was cool looking. Well, this black 635 CSI could be yours. It is for the low, low price. For sale. Uh, I'm not sure if he's actually settled on a price yet. Oh, so I can offer him basically anything. 
You can offer uh, him. Yeah, yeah, you can offer him whatever $5 you want. $5 and a crisp high five. He would make Good you today. walk down the driveway. <laughs> okay, is that part of the price? <laughs> no, no, like, <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do that. <laughs> and then the car is mine? Is that what... No, no, this is not Legends of the Hidden Temple. (laughs) But I have the token for the temple guard. This is Sparta. Uh, (laughs) I I met a guy that was on Legends of the Hidden Temple. Really? Yeah, he was on the purple team. Did he did he win? Did he have the shard? The purple parrots. What is it? What was that thing called? The green thing? I don't remember. I don't remember. Which wait? He didn't win. No. So he does. does so matter. he didn't Look, get a huffy bicycle, was, is what you're telling me? <laughs> he was on the show. That's all I'm saying. That's Lifetime cool. supply of Nickelodeon <laughs> gag. <laughs> I'd take that. Yeah. So I was going to say, um, the guy that was Matt's instructor at uh, Dominion uh, is a guy named David Alessi, and I went to Wyotech with him. I haven't seen him in 12 years. Or, How was that? So something like that. He got out of Matt's car, and I was like, ac- from across the paddock, I was like, is that David Alessi? Like, I see his dick. <laughs> I was not prepared. <laughs> oh. oh no! Oh no! Play me out, Johnny. <laughs> Hi, David. If you're listening, he, he used to. I don't know if he still does. Uh, he won't. He won't after this. Uh, I I've been want, I've actually been wanting to get him on this podcast because he uh, <laughs> yeah that's your other podcast Corey I just really want to ask him some probing questions oh my god oh my god I hate you guys <laughs> you came to us <laughs> this was Jordan's idea yeah. no, um I uh, anyways. Uh, he's a real cool guy, and I haven't seen him in a while, and it was it was cool to see him. <laughs> what is the matter? <laughs> to see just his face, you know, just his face, <laughs> like a normal, like a fully clothed. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Somebody, Somebody take this mic. T- from me. Take the mic from Pierce, please. Oh, I told you. <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need? I'm getting the shine right now. Do we need to take a smoke break or something? After that one. What do you mean? It's working right now. I can't feel it, bro. Not feeling it. Steve. Yeah. How was Dominion? Was it fun? Did you Did you have a good time? It was. Yeah. Um. Boy, we got to recover from that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. So this was my second time at Dominion, uh, but I had only been there for a Porsche Club track cross, uh, which ran from the pit out to the beginning of the big S's, and they had a cone chicane right before turn one, and again right before the big S's. And they would have that chicane there for like safety reasons, right? Yeah, so the I guess the finish line was at the end of the big S's, but they wanted to slow everybody down right before entering, so you weren't hauling at the end of it and potentially getting out of control so i really i hadn't experienced the last two turns on track at all except like as a cool down way to get back to the pits um but uh and and that was shoot october of 21 
because I had just gotten the car a couple months earlier and I literally put the roll bar in like two days before that event. So that was the first track-based event I ever did in the ND. So I've changed a lot of things about the car, had never really run the track. So, um, yeah. How would you nice. say like from like your first experience at Dominion to now how you have your car set up, would you judge it? Like, do you feel like there was much of a difference or do you think you had the car yeah. so new you couldn't tell? Yeah, the car was so new to me, I couldn't tell that much, I would say. But I definitely, just my comfort level in the car too uh, has really, really improved my ability to... <laughs> what? I started looking at the picture the that you sent me of, of the cardboard castle. Yeah. In, that is ingenuity at its <laughs> finest, my man. This is necessity. Yeah. This is, this is I'm telling you, there, there was some duct tape, some masking tape. Oh, like, it works. You can't even <laughs> I know. Beautiful. That's all. That's all, Jacob Corbin, right there. Oh, that's the night before. Jordan just dropped it, that in earlier when we talked work. about the AC. No, no, sorry, sorry. No, it was, it was on the day. It was in the evening. But like, when they got there, but like the next day, it was warped from the pure humidity <laughs> yeah, difference. Yeah, it was, oh yeah. It wasn't like soggy. It's one. It's one time use for sure. <laughs> But listen, for some free for cardboard. Mm-hmm. We do like a roll down, like band, like vinyl banner material, yeah. like just a roll down. Mm. Yeah, that wouldn't like, be bad, actually. Grommets, yeah. yeah. We're trying to figure something out. Yeah. Mini yeah. split. We we talked about it for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah. probably a very comfortable moment. hot does minute. Yep, like that's right. That's where he slept. Up on up on the shelf. Right, right, right on you from the tail? <laughs> yeah. There's there's apparently more space on the wall right below the shelf. Right? The front wall of the trailer actually has some distance between the inner wall and the outer wall that it could be mounted up in there. Yeah, so that's where the trailer the trailer legs are. So it's like the trailer jacks or whatever I should say. Um they've got um, there's no access for, to that space from the inside of the trailer. Okay. So you could literally cut a hole, put an AC or a mini split is what we were talking about doing. Um, and running a mini split in, in the front of the trailer in that wall. That way you're not losing any space. You can close the back door so you don't have all the humidity that I had to deal with. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what we were thinking, but it's, we'll, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Um. In the meantime, I'm just going to keep getting sheets of cardboard. For a weekend, it, again, it worked shockingly well. Oh, yes. That worked so much better than I was expecting it well, to, honestly. With rain. We also had rain, too, and the cardboard still held up. Did it rain? I don't remember it raining. Yeah. It was humid. Yeah, it rain, no, it rained Oh, you were packing it. Oh, okay. It yeah, we, we, was... had, we had a sprinkle come through, and then we had a huge storm at the end of the event when we were all packing up. Oh, no, we were gone. We were on the road yeah, yeah. by then. Yeah, you... <laughs> I know y'all were gone. Just Some rest, of you were gone. The rest of us yeah, were there. Bye. Somebody was still swapping his wheels and brake pads in yeah, the yeah. rain. Yeah, yeah. And... I was having a you beer, brake pads every... helping Steve, like I told him. That's, that's... It doesn't... That's it, dude, dumb. On the wheel... Why? Explain. Because, I mean, I drive the car about twenty five thousand miles a year on and, the street. But then you had a brake fluid leak. Pierce is scared of doing. Uh-huh. No, no, I just don't understand. How is that related? How is it not related to switching pads? Is it not? It's not. Oh. No. Okay. It's so. To, top, so it's explain a top it to load, me then. It's a floating caliper, so you just pull a pin and slot the 
pads out, slot new pads in, put the pins. Yeah, that out. has nothing to do with oh, that. So you don't I have can to like, get push to the brake fluid. Piston, you don't no. have to like push the pistons no. out or anything. No, okay. I mean I push them back in a little bit, but that's not the problem. Okay, it was leaking from bleeders, not from uh, pistons. Correct from the bleeders. Yes. Do do I get into that now? Dominion yeah, why not? I mean, we can, because this, I, I did ask you questions on Instagram about it, and you didn't answer them. Well, I told you it wasn't that big of a deal, and I fixed it. That was on right. the way back from. But Road then you Atlanta. said something about using Loctite on your brake parts, which is never a good idea. Which is not what I did. Okay, all right. But that's what they do from the factory. There, I there is definitely not Loctite on the bleeder well, valve would, from the factory. It's something red in all the threads. That's so dumb, you tell bro. me what that's that bad, is. That's dumb, bro. Because yeah. that's, yeah. that's well, steel on aluminum, and that is yeah. dumb, bro. It's probably it not also... Loctite. There is a red thread sealing compound for hydraulic systems specifically. Like the gasket maker? Like the, the, the shit that smells like cherries? Oh, I, I don't know. There, no. But there is... I didn't try I, smelling it. Uh, perm, perm, what's the, what's the company? Permatech. Permatech makes a red gasket maker compound oh. and it straight up smells like cherries maybe i i don't know but okay. they're probably what it is is just a, a ceiling compound but it shouldn't be there like that's that the bleeder valve should be no uh, so here's the I, I guess we'll talk about this now um oh the, we're way too deep anyways yeah the there's it's two pieces there is a so the bleeders on these Willwood calipers that I have on the front of the car uh-huh. are have a threaded pedestal, which is a tapered thread, for each bleeder threaded into the caliper. That is sealed by some kind of red, maybe this hydraulic sealant stuff. A mystery goo, if you will. Into the caliper. Then, the bleed, then it's internally threaded, and then the bleeder screw threads into that. So that the bleeder screw that you're loosening and tightening I regularly. listening like a minute and a half ago. We know. You're literally the person yeah. who asked me about this, bud. <laughs> so did, did the wrong part come out then? Was it leaking? You're saying no, that it, the, the, the the, there's a bleeder that... valve and then there's a sleeve and then there's the caliper. Yep. And the sleeve, when it heat cycles, I guess, okay. loosens up eventually. Because it's that, steel and pushes, an aluminum caliper. Well, first of all. Yeah. Why is there a sleeve? Because it sounds like you're asking for a leak. This is what I was trying to explain. Okay. It's steel in aluminum. So they don't want that being loosened or tightened. That theoretically should just stay put. That's why they and put then the, the bleeder so that is would have threaded into on it. That, that makes sense. But you're Except saying when you crack the bleeder... The heat from the calipers makes those wow. little pedestals loosen up over There's got to be a... Re- is, are these the factory calipers? No, these no, are Willwood aftermarket Dynapros on the front. Yeah. Does the Miata not come with fancy brakes anymore? They come with Brembos if you option the club with that. The but club, I yeah, bought okay. mine used, right. and it was a club that was not optioned with I got the you, Brembos. I got you. Yeah. I definitely was under the assumption that this was all factory shit that we were no, talking about. No, these are Willwoods I put on the car. So when I bought the car, I saved money by buying a club package that did not come with the Brembos and BBSs, and the money I saved went to Willwoods, which were basically similar equipment and a sway bar and a roll bar and tires and like I saved right, enough right. to put all the stuff on the car that I wanted. Okay. So anyway, these have not been a problem until Summit Point last fall was the first time I had this issue where uh going into turn one, the brakes never feel bad when this happens. Uh but I will break into you know a hard braking zone and then pitch it into a 
high G corner and the brake light will come on on the dash because the fluid level's low in the reservoir. And in a high G turn, it slashes away from the level sensor. The light comes on. Well, that so, sounds like, oh, because because it's been leaking out. Because okay. it's been leaking out. So that's how I've known. The brakes have never felt sketchy or been soft or spongy or gone to the floor or anything on track before that happens. So thankfully, I have like an early warning and then I just limp mm, it back yeah. in. So this happened in the fall and I was like, oh, some of these little pedestals are loose. So I kind of snugged them all up and they seem fine. I did another event at Road Atlanta in December. It was totally fine. Never a problem. Uh, Brought it out of the garage, did this Road Atlanta event three weeks before Dominion, and one of them loosened up again. And then it loosened up on the trip home. So on the trip home, at this point, I have snugged these up into aluminum with a tapered thread enough times that I'm like concerned that they're just going to pull threads. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And so. Uh, Clayton was with me and so I ran to the parts store I got Teflon tape I came back we pulled it out all the way Teflon tape the threads put it back in two more of them now loosened up at Dominion like this is clearly a thing where they've all reached enough heat cycles that they're all starting to let go so before I do the next event I'm just going to preemptively pull them all out Teflon tape all of them this had just well, been like a band-aid fix brake fluid will eat Teflon tape so that's not that is what I've heard and yeah. read and I am not negating that however I Teflon taped at either Willwood's recommendation or whoever makes oh, really? the, the braided lines into the back of the caliper when I got them. And that has never leaked, shown signs of failure, anything. And it shouldn't, honestly, once it's tight, there shouldn't be fluid getting up in well, between those tight, threads Well, once it's tight, it shouldn't anyway. be backing out either. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, this is the problem that you're having is that they're backing out. And with, that sounds like Willwood needs to like have a recall. That's a problem, Maybe. bro. Maybe. I don't know what else they could really do other than use a different sealant that's higher temp capable or... Most of the time when I've seen something like a steel threaded object into an aluminum, especially for calipers, the threads on the steel sleeve will have like... Like not like how do you like um like what do you call it in, like mean. a spark plug time cert you know what I'm saying like a oh, a helicoil like a helicoil. yeah like a helicoil situation where the threads are actually like yeah. cutting into the metal yeah so that they then cannot come undone well and then it's steel on steel like you're threading a steel thing into a steel insert but the which caliper is, is the aluminum oil. isn't it yeah. yeah but the insert shouldn't really spin for any reason like once it's locked in there but it is though but i no this is i think these things are just threaded straight into internal threads that are cut into the aluminum caliper right and that's which is that's what's listening yeah Yeah. that's what i'm saying so could i but i can't really helicoil a no no i'm saying that like willwood should be providing you that that thing that is coming loose should have threads on it that are like interference in some way in which they should not be allowed to come out taper like a pipe thread Yeah. So anyway, this is a problem I've had a few times. And I, at the end of the track weekend, I started describing it to another guy who was there. And he immediately just closed his eyes and started nodding really? his head because he's heard of this before. Oh, shit. So it's not the only time it's happened, I guess. Again, I've never lost brakes over it. I lose a bit of fluid as I'm driving. The light comes on. I know it's a problem. It's just annoying because it cuts sessions short. Yeah. And as the newest car of the people who are here, Yours would have been the last one that I expected to have issues. Now, Jacob's... Well, it's having issues on aftermarket parts. 
Okay, well, that's, yeah, that's yeah. facts. Everything now, that's stock on the car, still working great. <laughs> including the transmission, which is known to be made oh, of yeah, glass. You have but a, the first series. Tom's fake. Is yours a first series? Laminate wood floor. Yeah. Yeah. I, as far as I know, I think it's the original transmission to the car. I don't know 100%. Now you're telling you're trying year. to tell me that you had no problems at all overheating no yeah other than the alternator um now I don't have any like fancy real accurate gauges but I'm still running off of the factory temperature gauge in that so normal well, just r- normal cruising it's sitting at like 11:30 on the gauge if that makes sense so every so time so like a little I, over halfway right that's no a little under halfway under halfway yeah oh. a little under halfway um so it's not perfectly 90 degrees up and down it's mm. a little bit off um curves every time left. that i glance down yeah curves, yeah, yeah, curves yeah. to the left curves to the up whatever um every time that i glance down at that it was always rock solid right there i never had a minute's issue of that um cars also got a coolant reroute so that helps well so explain that then um, I so get- the factory 1.6 yeah, this is a specific to NA. Is this the block that goes on the back of the head? Yes. Yes. Okay. So okay. the factory NA blocks are like one uh, front wheel drive engines. Originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, right. <laughs> so instead of the coolant going, you know, passing through the block, it would go through and loop around cylinder four and have to come back forward. Yeah. So cylinder four would like nuke itself. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's got a coolant reroute on it, which was the BG kit, if I remember right, Bell Engineering. And other than that, it's got an aftermarket aluminum radiator. It's like CX Racing. It's nothing fancy. It's two fans, but no shroud. And I didn't have a minute's issue that I could tell out of it, which was really surprising to me. So is the coolant reroute like the key? Every other turbo Beata I've ever heard of always had overheating problems and detonation and just like, do you know Jerry Kess? Jerry Kessler, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of problems so with his first turbo Miata overheating. When I first got the car, I took the splash pan off of it, like the plastic under, mm-hmm. under, under tray on it. And I was going to a car show or something with my dad, going down 95, and the car would get hot. Just and driving they, on the highway. Just driving yeah. on the highway. And Which is I, usually when most cars that overheat get cold. Exactly. So yeah. it's like I went to a stoplight and it cooled right back down. Mm, wow. So I think literally the aerodynamics of that car, it pushes air away from where it needs to be if it doesn't have that on it. So I put that yeah. back on. I made sure both fans were working and it's got the the reroute on it and a cheapy aluminum radiator. Proper proper ducting goes a really, really long way. You, should, you know that oh, from I our know X7 it world, well. too. The, the FCRX7 will not cool worth a goddamn yeah. if you do not have that under tray. Yeah. They are worth their weight in gold because you yep. can't literally cannot drive that car the only, without The only other thing tray. I was going to say is I'm guessing you don't have a way to keep an eye on oil temperatures in that no, car. That was probably getting pretty toasty, Um, if I had to guess. Oil pressure? It... Because so the early 91 or 90 to 93, I think, had actual oil pressure gauges. 94 and up had just dummy gauges. Mm, on off. Nope. No. My 94 does have an actual. Okay. Actual functional. Gauge. It's so not. Was it 96? 96. Yeah. Okay. It, it was somewhere in the 18. Okay. And a range. Right. Okay. And also the, the coolant also applied. Coolant reroute. Also, that weird coolant path, they all sit on the NBs. 
they just changed the head gasket to change flow in the engine to like artificially choke off some of the flow around cylinders one and two to get more going to cylinder three and four. My my ninety five had uh, the dummy gauge. Oh, okay. So, so that must have been when yeah. when the changeover. Yeah. We narrowed it down. Yeah. So. Process of elimination. But Hooray. From what I could tell, oil pressure stayed good, so I don't think think that oil temperature was getting nuclear at all. Probably not nuclear. It was if if something was gonna get toasty, it would probably be that. Oh, absolutely. That makes sense as to what would get hot. Um I was just worried about the coolant temperature itself rearing its in, in, like ugly head, and as far as I could tell, everything seemed rock solid on that knock on wood. Speaking of ducting, do you still have the plastic piece that attaches around the lower mouth grill? I do not. And Did you own- ever have that? Because I had to take it off of my car to fit the front mount intercooler on my supercharged NA. Yeah, that's exactly. So I didn't exactly- know if you had to take it off for yours, too, and I... I also never really dealt with cooling issues on that car too much, um, but I had the coolant reroute and the under tray and all that stuff, so yeah, I, no, I, I didn't know if your front mount also was in the way of yeah, that. Yeah, my front mount is pretty much exactly where that yeah. would have been. Yeah, um, same same for mine. And I think we just, what did we do? I think we did rib nuts on the back side of the front crash bar to mount their actual intercooler too. It wasn't, it was some cheapy Godspeed kit on the car when I bought it. And it has since been replaced with Fly Miata GT2560R turbo and the soft intercooler piping and all of that good stuff. Which is really convenient, Matt found out, for getting the alternator out without having to unhook any of it. I was actually impressed. You just kind of push the intercooler piping aside and yank the alternator out the front. yeah. Yeah, having completely soft lines for that was real nice. but Imminently more serviceable. Yes, absolutely so. So, will you guys tell me about Dominion some more? You, you like your track time and stuff like that? Well, have we actually talked about any beers here yet? I mean, we could do that. We could... Yeah. I mean, just real quickly, it is beer and backfire after all. What you drinking, beers? Uh, well, okay, so this is my third beer tonight so far. All right, okay. ready? I'm going to do lightning round. I'm going to see if I can do this all off the dome. No, no. I think I can oh, do oh, it. No, uh, C.Dot oh, Crehan, I Am Understeer, The Daily Downshift, Corbin 7242, Matt's EH2, I think it's Matt's dot EH2, Savedro 88, S-A-A-V-E-D-R-O 88, uh, at Mountain Biker Tom or at Bumphead Racing, and at All Work No Play 2007. Wow. He did it. He did me first. I started with Corey. Yeah. Also, we have a website. Also, we have a website. <laughs> com. Click on our sponsor. sponsor. By the same person who always sponsors us. That's right.